Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome aboard the National Football Show. It's Friday, and it's the last weekend of the exhibition season for the NFL. I first want to start it out by... Saying on this Friday here, God bless our men and women of our military and the things that they're doing overseas. Yesterday, we paused the show for respect for the 13 service personnel who were killed in Afghanistan, you know, saving and rescuing as many Afghans and American civilians as possible. It was heartbreaking. But you know what? In all that massacre and all that, mess and everything that's going on in Washington. You know what it made me think of? What a team. What a team. Team USA, our military. These guys have onions the size of watermelons. To go in there to save people, to do the things that you're asked to do and have the uncommon valor to do that. It's so spectacular. I'm not sure that I have that kind of courage and that kind of desire to be just everything all these people are that are in our military that are there at that Air Force base. It's incredible. So we salute you and we thank you on this Friday as I get to do something here that I love. You know what it is? Talk sports with you. Talk football with you. It's great. And this is the reason we can do this is because of people like that that we see over in Afghanistan that are our U.S. military. So thank you once more. I appreciate it. My brother-in-law served two terms in Afghanistan. And you saw the flag. So you know it means a lot to us. And by the way, for the record, it means to just as much to me as it does to everybody that's here involved at Jacob Media, too, just so you know that. It's a priority here, our men and women in the military. So we leave you with that. Now we kick it up, and we start doing the thing we love the most. You know what that is? Talking ball here. And I'm going to make a point to you. You know, our last time on the air, I said this to you. We were kind of talking about the Eagles here. And, you know, I said that on this Friday, we would talk about the NFC East. And I'm going to throw this at you here. You ready? Convince me Washington's not the team to beat. In the NFC East, convince me that you have another team out there that you think will beat the Washington team. Let me make my case for you because I was going to break down the Dallas Cowboys, but I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are in the conversation when it comes to winning the NFC East. I think they could be kind of right around there if they get some breaks, their defense gets better. We're talking a lot of ifs again, but here's why Washington. In my opinion, okay, here's why Washington will beat a team to beat. By the way, Birdman, appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you. He says Washington is the team to beat. 
in the NFC East. Let me make the point here, okay? And I'll make the point here on why I think that they are the team to beat. And if you disagree, have at it. We welcome you in. The coaching. Look at what Ron Rivera has done with every single stop that he has had where he's had to go in and actually do some coaching. He goes into Carolina, picks up the pieces of that wreck, takes him to a Super Bowl, okay? That coach had to go down there, change the culture. Coach Cam Newton, deal with Jerry Richardson, and they won ball games. Ron Rivera did a hell of a job in Carolina. What does he do his first year in Washington? He wins the division. And you're dealing with another owner who gets in the way. And Daniel's, Daniel Snyder gets in the way as much as any other owner in the NFC East. And for the record, let's take a look at this for a second in the East. The owner of the, the, owner of the Philadelphia Eagles gets in the way. The owner of the Dallas Cowboys gets in the way. The owner of the Washington team gets in the way. The only team that doesn't get in the way with its owner are the Giants. Okay, John Merritt does not sit around with Tish and those guys sit back and forth making personnel decisions. And they don't, they don't sit around talking to the general manager or the head coach. They let those guys do their gigs. They're the only ownership in the East that doesn't get involved in day-to-day operations. The owner of the Eagles does, the owner of the Cowboys does, and clearly the owner of Washington does. Ron had to go into Washington, and he had to deal with the owner getting in the way, okay, and still had to make this decision. Remember what he did, too. This is the guy that cut Dwayne Haskins. And guess who drafted Dwayne Haskins? wasn't Jay Gruden. It was Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder wanted Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State to be a starting quarterback. And so, Jay, why do you think Jay didn't want to play him? Because Jay knew he couldn't play and he was immature. And nor did they have the leadership inside the organizations to develop him. And plus, Jay didn't want to take that time to do that. Jay's a different coach, and I know Jay Gruden 30 years. And I'm telling you, Jay's not going to – Jay doesn't like rookie quarterbacks. Just like his brother. They like veteran dudes. They don't want to teach you nuances and how to play in the league. Ron Rivera does. Ron Rivera's a coach. Ron Rivera is the difference in the East, in my opinion, because he's the best coach in the East. Is there anybody else you would say is a better coach than Ron Rivera in the NFC East? Absolutely not. This is why, and by the way, here we go. He ends up going out and getting a veteran quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick. What is this, his 13th team? It's crazy. Okay? He wanted to get stability at the position because it's been helter-skelter for the last seven years. Just Mike, if I owned a team, I would probably want some say. It's a great point. It's a great point, and Mike, I'm going to tell you, a story here real quick on one comment that Jimmy Johnson made to me and one regret that he made to me 
with his tenure in Dallas working with Jerry Jones. To your point, Mike, he said this, if I had to do it all over again, I would have let Jerry play with his toy a little more. Instead of being so adversarial with him, it built up animosity between good friends. Then it started building up animosity between business partners. And then before you knew it, we weren't on the same page at all. And that thing was going to fracture anyway. And it wore me out. And that's why I wanted out. Jimmy wanted out anyway. He didn't want to stay there any longer because the whole situation had worn him out. I have to hand it a little bit to Jerry because Jerry tolerated it. Jimmy used to kick him off the field. I was standing right there. Get that son of a bitch off the field. And we'd all be sitting there going, Jesus Christ, the guy bought the team. Not, no kidding. No kidding. You would hear players saying that all the time. People are going, the dude does own the team. But he wasn't that involved as he is now. Now he's the general manager, and obviously that completely gets in the way of things. So, I mean, yes, you're right. But see, I'll tell you what. To Mike's point, that's what I'm saying about Rivera being able to manage. And being able to manage the owner. Won the division. Ran Doug Peterson out of Philly, if you think about it. Philadelphia with the injuries, the lack of play from Carson Wentz, the inner fighting with the front office, that led to his demise, did it not? All of that. And get this, this is off the heels of winning a Super Bowl. And Philly's only Super Bowl. You ran a guy out that did something in that place that Buddy Ryan, Dick Vermeil, and all these other coaches that have gone into that place were not able to do, including Andy Reid. You got to put Andy Reid in that conversation. Oh, Andy got to five NFC championships. You don't hang banners for winning divisions in Philly, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Green Bay. You hang championship banners. Who wants the T-shirt and the hat? I want the parade. Give me a hat. Well, you're the NFC East champions. Man, that's worth a T-shirt at best. It's not a banner. You don't hang banners for winning divisions. That's like getting an 11th place medal. Here, congratulations. You participated in the NFL playoffs. What'd you do? Oh, I finished 7-9 and nine and I won the East. Really? I guess congratulations. (laughs) You could pass that one right down to the next division. I'm not taking one of them T-shirts. I want the parade. I want the cheerleaders. I want to kiss everybody. Right? So I would say this to you here. Convince me Washington's not the team that beat in the East. Okay? Better defense. The more experienced quarterback, some would go, what about Dak? Dak Prescott, let me say this also on Dak and the Cowboys. Dak hasn't really been in a game situation since last year when he got injured. And if he doesn't play this weekend, I'm going to say this to you too. I'll go here. If Then it's a linger. I think it's more of a lingering issue. I think it's more of a serious injury. 
That's why you got you to run the football if you're Dallas. Dallas' only chance of winning the NFC East is running the football. Jason says Eagles going to win the division. Here, let's – here, Jason, you know what I like to do? I don't like shutting people like that down and screaming at people like that and saying you're full of you know what. You know why? Because what I do is I take a question or I take a statement because that's more of a statement from Jason here on, on the Eagles winning the East. Watch this. Question mark at quarterback. Question mark in the running game. I've been convinced the last 10 days that the O-line is better than I said. I'll back up, and I'll take one on the chin for that. Okay? O-line's better. By the way, doing some homework, I got some tape last night. I'm going to explain here in a minute about the Eagle O-line. And they created some depth last year, which I said they didn't have. And when Baldinger said, who Brian Baldinger, who was on with us a couple days ago, you got to hear the interview too, by the way. Go back to Jacob Media channel and you can listen to it. He said because of the year sucking so bad, 4-11-1 last year, they were able to play a lot of dudes. And they got to look at a lot of guys, which does what? It creates depth. It creates depth, in which they did. He also flipped it around and said that the D-line is going to be better. So wait a minute. Let's look at it here. Question mark on the quarterback. I don't know what kind of running game you have. But if you have a good old line, this is what you have to do. If this line is as good as Brian Baldinger and everybody says, and you take a look at the other old lines that are in the NFC East, I'll say this to you. I don't want to see Jalen Hurts throwing the football 38 times. You've got to establish a running attack. If that old line is as good as you say, the Eagles should be at least in attempts in the top five. Have to be in the top five. Landon Dickerson, I know. I know, no, no. I'm, I'm All the things, Mike, that's what people are saying because there's been people added. This mulatto kid who's turning out to be, you know what? I'll tell you this too. Brian Baldinger sent me some tape on him last night. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this, man. He's right. He's my new favorite football player. Of all the linemen in the game, he's my favorite O-line football player. Is Jordan Mulata. That kid was a seventh rounder. Holy shit. That is a, that's as good of a find as Larry Allen in the 12th round out of Simona State. Do you understand? Larry Allen's probably the greatest offensive lineman I have ever seen. I have ever seen. And, I mean, that guy benched 700 pounds and ran a 4.8 at 325 pounds. That guy was a steamroller. Hard-pressed to tell me that there's a better old lineman than that guy. And I talked to Larry. Larry Allen goes like this, Sills, this kid Mulata here, man. He's incredible here. So if that line is as good as people say, okay, as good as people say, they should run the football as much as they possibly can. John says this, O-line will be strong. Problem is Hurts can't read a defense. 
Well, John, let's put that out there like this and say this then. Let's do this then. Okay. There's no question Carson Wentz going to Indy is going to have to learn. And he's going to have to be reschooled. Well, how do you bring his progress along? Okay, Jonathan Taylor, run the ball. See, here's my fundamental issue in Philly. Okay, the O-line is better than I thought. But is your running attack good enough? If you have an inexperienced uh, quarterback, it is essential that you have a solid running game or above. Here, let's let's go back in history here. And I'm, I'm hitting on John's point here. Remember when Roethlisberger came on the scene? I forget, what was that? 04, something like that, 03 in there? What did they have in the room? They had a great defense, and they had a great O-line, and they had Jerome Bettis. He was kind of okay his rookie year. He was kind of okay, and he was functional. They won a boatload of games. Hell, early in his career, they won a Super Bowl because he wasn't the quarterback he eventually became who could throw the ball 30, 40 times because you know why? The running attack allowed him to come along. You got a running game, you can bring your quarterback along, and you know what? You're not under any pressure. Why do you think Ryan Tannehill is now starting to turn the curve on being a better quarterback than what people saw in Miami? You got Derrick Henry in the room. You know what really kills me is, is when people say that the running back position is diminished today, more so than it was back when I played. It's true in the sense of how these guys are paid and how these guys are drafted. No question. But isn't it wild? You could have the number one top wide receiver. Look at this Jamar Chase kid who's dropping footballs everywhere in Cincinnati. Or Devontae Smith. Check it out. I saw him in the last game. I was like, I don't know. Don't round routes off, kid. Don't round routes off. You got to be precise in the NFL. If it's a 15-yard square in, don't make it 13 and a half. It's a 15-yard square in. Run them routes. Press coverage, I want to see how he's going to handle that once these defenses are really lined up on him. But then to the point, the problem is Hurts reading defenses. Here, here's Hurts right now. He gets back, and the other day, Baldy said he was at camp and he was taking off too much. Go back and look at that interview. Baldy said he was at I believe it was the Jets and the Eagles. And he goes like this. He said, hey, man, he took off too much. That's to your point, John. Guy can't take off, man. He's got to sit. You are not going to win the NFC East running for your life. You're not. Eagles have to run the ball. Have to run the ball. Okay? And I think Washington will be able to run the ball. And I know you guys hate Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's not a sexy name. But Ryan Fitzpatrick has thrown for almost 40,000 yards in his career. That guy does not suck. He's going to be effective enough for what they need. Look at what they did with the cast of characters, the quarterback last year, Dwayne Haskins, that hanky guy. The Hanky guy actually played a pretty damn good football game against the Buccaneers who went on to win the championship. That's good coaching once again from Ron. You had Haskins too? Hey, man. 
He's got a sexy beard. I don't know about sexy Mike, but he does look like Conor McGregor. He put a chain link around his neck. Is that guy not Conor McGregor's long lost brother? That dude, you, there was a picture up on Twitter of that guy. And I was going like this. Just Mike said, he's got a sexy beard. I don't know, Mike, t- saying anything sexy about a dude. Oh, and for the record, it's Friday night. I want to throw this plea out to all men who are watching us here. Please, if you're doing your fantasy tonight, make sure you have a chick with you. Okay? Don't go out with 10 dudes and put your fantasy draft together. Make sure you go out and you have at least your girlfriend with you. Now, see, dudes with chicks that are in. How about this? Dudes that have chicks that are in, like, fantasy football, I'm good with. You guys are okay because that's – you could do things and, you know, you're having something in common. It's a good thing. You have beers, you know. Maybe it gets another couple. Guys should never go to bars with dudes. Maybe maybe that's a cilioism. Maybe I should start putting my book together, cilioisms. Cilioism number one. Don't ever go to a bar with another dude. Is that is that a good cilioism? Yeah. Even for fantasy. And if you go to a bar, go by yourself. Okay? And some would go, yeah, but then you're a creepy old dude sitting in the corner. No, you're not. You're like William Money. William Money goes to a bar, and he's drinking. You know what I'm saying? I'm married with three kids. Oh, okay. Hold on. That's good, too. You've got your man card, Mike. See, Mike goes like this. Dude, I have to go with a dude because I'm a... Mike, maybe married married guys like you and me. I've been married 33 years. I'm dead in the water. It's over. I've been married 33 years to the same chick. Phew. You're right. Maybe I do need a break. <laughs> Wait, I think they call those people gumads. Let me leave it there, all right? That's the title of my next book. Don't go to bars with dudes. I don't know. All right. <clears throat> Convince me. Convince me here that Washington's not the team to beat in the East. All these other teams, let's look at them. Dallas, look at the question marks they have, man. That defense, you really think they fixed that defense? Just because, hey, I could do this too. They bring me in as the new coach, Dan Quinn. So somebody explain this to me. Didn't Dan Quinn just get fired as the head coach of the Falcons because his defense sucked? He didn't, he didn't get fired in Atlanta. He didn't get fired in Atlanta because the offense wasn't doing anything. Matt Ryan actually didn't play all that bad last year. And then BP Pro, Dallas has offensive firepower that can make up for the lack of defense. It's a smart take. I'll tell you why he's smart. He's right because Brady did this. And he's taking a page. Okay, he's taking a page out of New England there with that comment. How many times did Tom Brady get away with having a defense ranked like 25 because he had ball control with their intermediate passing game? Right? He, he got away from that, from the intermediate passing game. And you're right. Is here, when, when you're, you've got to be able to run the ball with that. Zeke hasn't been the same over the last three years, though. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a small time out here because we're going to talk to Jason Cole, our pro football insider, He's a Hall of Fame voter. We'll throw this out. Who does he see winning the East? If you guys got any questions, 
I'll throw a question at Jason. He covers the National Football League. And like I said, talk about a guy who's plugged in everywhere in the NFL. We'll talk to our friend Jason Cole. We'll take some of your thoughts. We'll get right back to you here on this Friday. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Cilio. I like all your comments. I really do. Love your comments when it comes to us interacting here. And by the way, anything you want to bring up, you can. We're talking mostly about the NFC East today, and we'll get a little bit more into the Eagles. We're kind of hitting on Washington and why Washington, in my opinion, okay, is the team to beat. I really believe they're the team to beat 
because of the coaching. You've got the best coach in the division in there. And, and, and what I love about Rivera is Rivera went into Carolina. Carolina was a train wreck. He turned it into an NFC championship football roster. Then he goes into Washington in his first year. He wins a division. I mean, and, and he was really doing it with quarterbacks that were not really great quarterbacks or had question marks. Every time Alex Smith took a snap, come on, man. Did you not hold your breath? Were you not doing this last year? Jesus, man, I hope this guy. Remember he got hurt in a game and everyone was like, oh, man, you just don't want to see this guy end up getting injured again. I don't blame Washington for moving on from him. I, I, I don't know if I could sit there as an organization and watch Alex Smith take snaps too and not just be holding my breath every time especially when you have devastating injuries like that. I, I, on that one, you know, I know some people were like, why don't you just bring him? I don't know. He ended up calling it a career anyway. He wanted to get back out on the field. I think he was five and one. If I'm not mistaken, I think Alex Smith last year with Washington was five and one. And I think he was truly the reason why they ended up winning that division as bad as it was a year ago. But that comes down to good coaching. And for the record too, Look at what Ron had to do. Ron had to basically fire Dwayne Haskins. He went to the owner and said, we got to get this guy out of here. We cannot have this lazical and this type of attitude in our locker room. And they fired a guy who they took in the first round two years previous. That's pretty amazing. Okay? I mean, I always said this about Dwayne Haskins, and I'll say it again. I think Dwayne was just a green apple on the tree. I think he didn't get a chance to get ripened when he was at Ohio State. Thought he needed another year at least. I'm playing there in the Buckeye system. And I didn't think he was very mature. And, and trust me when I tell you, it's not that easy of a transition going from one to the other. Okay? I mean, now he's in Pittsburgh. And what you're watching now in Pittsburgh is you're watching a dude that understands what's being asked to him and asked of that position. So, yeah, like I said, personally, in my opinion, the reason why I'm going to stick with Washington, I mean, you guys yesterday or the day before, we were talking about the Eagles, a nine-win team. Come on, man. I, I, You know, I chewed on that all night. I said, did I let people talk me into that? But it was really something on the fact that, you know, I was convinced that the line was better than I had been saying. And especially when a guy like Brian Baldinger from the NFL Network was there watching the practices and the controlled scrimmages. It's like, Sills, these guys are really good. They're better than you think. You're not giving them enough. Lane Johnson and all these guys, man, it's a good group. And then you add in some of the rookie guys, and then you add in some of the guys that they played a year ago. Jordan Milanis coming along. He named him. He said he's going to be the best player in the league at that position. So, right? Okay. Let me go here now with you. We brought this topic up a couple days ago. And to me, I think that this is going to be something as we watch the playing out of the NFC East. Um, this is going to be a topic question. And we'll throw this topic question out after we talk to our friend here. Our friend here, 
Right here, right here. Jason Cole, got his book here. I'm going to throw an Elway comment out here. You ready? Here we go. The Relentless Life with our friend Jason Cole. First chapter is damn good, too. Jack, let me throw this at you here. So since John Elway has run the Denver Broncos, do you know that now that Teddy Bridgewater has been named the starter? Do you know, Jason, this is his 11th quarterback? Yeah, that would be that would seem a little short. How do you think he's done when it comes to evaluating that position? Poorly. I mean, if you're talking about bringing it, yeah, I mean, it's just poorly. I mean, I will say this. you got to give him a lot of credit for taking a swing with Peyton Manning, and that worked out, right? So he got a guy who took him to two Super Bowls in a 10-year period of time and won one and set records. So do you give him credit on Peyton Manning, or do you mitigate that? But Again, he took a chance on Peyton Manning coming off of an injury. He also took a, a chance on Peyton Manning because he knew it was going to get him out from underneath Tim Tebow, which you'll read in the book. Um, so, look, if you're talking about guys who are not proven, he's done poorly. Uh, but he's also not the first guy. Um, he's certainly not the first guy who has a Hall of Fame resume who's not very good at evaluating quarterbacks. And let's just start with Al Davis who took Todd Marinovich, Jamarcus Russell, and Mark Wilson as first-round draft picks, right, at quarter at the quarterback position. Or let's talk about um, Ozzie Newsom, who's as good a talent evaluator as I have ever seen. And the best quarterback he ever selected was Joe Flacco. Um, you know, he also signed Steve McNair at the end of his contract, um, got to a Super Bowl with a great defense, that carried the combination of, you know, Tony Banks and, and Trent Dilfer. Um, so like, it's hard. This is picking quarterbacks is the single hardest thing to do in sports. I didn't say football. I said sports. So if you're trying to, you know, find a guy who can play that position, good luck to you. No, I would say, Jason, I'm not, I'm not throwing a F or any grade on John's tenure because he did get to two Super Bowls and win one. I mean, yeah. this is, you mean, I mean, if we're looking at, like you said, you just can't pull chapters out of the book and make the book sound like your narrative. You know, you've got to tell the full story. And so right. John's tenure has been, you know, actually, if anything, he's built a hell of a defense because of the years of facing great defenses. Yeah. He's better. He's much better at picking defensive players. And that's because again, as you just pointed out, those are the guys he's constantly evaluating. And the problem with evaluating quarterbacks is how hard it is to evaluate the mental side of that game, right? Like uh, how to figure out who's actually good. So, you know, to me, and, and the, the longer I go at this, the more I appreciate the mental side of what it takes to be successful as a quarterback in the NFL and how hard it is to pick guys who are capable of doing that. So saying he's done a poor job of picking out quarterbacks means he's in there with a lot of other really great personnel guys. Absolutely. Let me take you to the NFC East. I've been making this point so far on the show that the team that beat is Washington because of the coaching. I mean, if you look at what Ron Rivera did when he took over that Carolina team, it was a train wreck. Yeah. And then, he ended up making an NFC champion, got it to a Super Bowl. Last year, he goes to Washington. And you remember, you're dealing with you, – you dealt with Jerry Richardson in Carolina. Then you go to Washington, and you're dealing with Daniel Snyder. 
And in his first year, he wins a division with, with Alex Smith and a very immature Dwayne Haskins. I mean, convince me there's better coaching in that division and convince me there's a better team in that division than Washington. Well, Dallas, I mean, the, you know, McCarthy, I know a lot of people, it's easy to rag on McCarthy, but he did win a Super Bowl, right? He did. And he did a nice job there. And he, he coached one of the top offenses in the league for better part of a decade. And I know there's a lot of criticism of McCarthy and he's stale and all those other things. I, I get all that. I'm not, I'm not disputing that, but from a coaching aspect, I'm not sure there's a huge difference between Rivera and McCarthy. I'll say this. I would probably, and it, this is hard for me to say, cause Rivera is a Cal guy. I, I would probably, you know, get behind Rivera first if we're going to war um, and I got to, you know, who am I getting behind? Yeah. It's probably gonna be Ron Rivera. God, that's painful to say. <laughs> and folks, anybody out there, he's a Stanford guy. That's so, you know, right? this is, uh, don't, uh, don't record this and don't send it out on the internet. Okay. Don't ever say that. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So, um, so I'll, I'll agree with that, but Dallas has some weapons now. Too. You know, they got McCarthy and, you know, you start off with a team with, you know, Lamb and, you know, Cooper and Dak healthy and Elliott and, you know, some pretty good offensive linemen. You know, if they fold it together, they can do some damage. Now, the defense needs a lot of work, no question about it, but, and that offense has potential. Let's go to, let's go to Philadelphia. You know, I've had everybody from Dave Wanstad to Brian Baldinger on this week as well. And, man, every time I ask him about Jalen Hurts, they all do this. I haven't seen enough. Um, I haven't, you know, been able to whatever. Seen the guy with, you know, any kind of consistency, any kind of, like, continuity. So, at the end of the day here, it looks like I think we lost Jason here for a little bit here. See if we can reconnect here as we were talking about Philadelphia, it's been really all week long that everybody that I've asked, they have basically said that, you know what, when I asked Brian Baldinger the question, he was like, I don't know, Sills. You know, I just don't know yet if that guy's going to be the dude. And, you know, we talked to Dave wants that. I said to Dave, I go, Dave, how, how do you think, you know, Jalen Hurts plays this coming season? And his, his comment was, you know, He's the kind of guy that you want on your football team. He's the guy that you want in your locker room. He's an absolutely great kid. And he was referencing the fact that everybody in Alabama loved him. And then when he ended up going to Oklahoma, he fit right in that system. And it's seemingly been a tr seamless transition for him going into Philadelphia where everybody in that organization has really liked him. And so there's no question Every person, and by the way, I don't think anybody's really thrown shade on him. I think it's more so that people are just saying, I don't know. Now, with all that being said, especially that's kind of what we're talking about. That's been our theme today has been NFC East. I'm going to sprinkle some other comments in here. And we're going to get back. If we can't get connected again with Jason here, we'll go back over to all of our fabulous content builders. That's what I kind of call you. Okay? So I, I, I say this to you, and I'm going to throw this topic out. Also, once I asked 
if we are able to get Jason back, does Hertz have to win the East to keep his job for the future? Yes or no? Does he have to win the East? You know, we, we talked the other day, well, if he wins nine games, I don't know if that's enough. How many times have we seen where you, when you get an opportunity to upgrade any position, is nine wins going to be enough for Jalen Hurts to convince Howie Roseman, ownership, and the new head coach that he's the face? Is that going to be enough? Or does that just give you a ticket to come back and come back next year? BP Pro says yes. Big Dave Loves Comics says yes. He's got to win the East. Am I right? He's got to win the NFC East. See, because... The other day, we threw out the amount of wins. We said, okay, if he wins nine games, I mean, Jesus Christ, that would be overachieving. And hey, and for the record, if Nick Sirianni, if he wins nine games, he's the coach of the year. Howie will always look to improve the quarterback position. I don't think that's just Howie. Every single team is like, here, and I'll give you an example of that. In Miami, they love what they're seeing this preseason right now with with Tua Tuckaviola. They love what they're seeing. They love it. But guess what they're doing? Chris Greer's doing behind the scenes. They're still making they're still making comments that there could be a potential trade for Deshaun Watson. There still could be some of that out there. Because trust me, when I tell you, as soon as that gets rectified and taken care of, that situation is going to be resolved and someone's going to get a hell of a quarterback because he's not staying in Houston. Ken says, if he wins the East, I'll apologize immediately. Birdman says, Wentz won seven games in year one. Birdman says, nine games and Jameis and Jalen's the quarterback of the team. Nine wins. Really? I say he has to I, I don't I don't I say he has to win the division to give himself an opportunity at coming back and for them to even think about it. If he wins seven, eight games, I don't know that's good enough. Because then you know what Howie Roseman's gonna say? We got a better roster than the quarterback's playing. Here, let me throw this at you here. I think we lied. I think Jason's phone died. <laughs> um, let me throw this at you here. Um, if Ertz goes, if, if Jalen Ertz goes out there and they win the East, he wins nine ball games. That's a damn good season, right? How many wins do you think the Eagles would have if Deshaun Watson were the starting quarterback? You know what, though? Hey, BPRO, I'm going to call you 69. 
I like that. How you doing? How he has no loyalty to anyone. I don't think he should. You have loyalty to the team and to the fans. Okay? You have loyalty to the team and the fans. If Deshaun Watson was a starting quarterback in Philadelphia, how many wins does Philly have this year with the current team they have? How many? How many? NFC East Beast, nine wins probably wins the division. Probably. Eagles are four and two or better in the in the East. Birdman says 11. Deshaun wins 11. I love that. If Deshaun, hey, if Deshaun Watson, if Deshaun Watson is in the NFC East, you'll own it for a decade. And I don't want to hear any Philadelphia Eagle fan telling me about, hey, well, what about the stuff that's about the characters? You had Michael Vick in the room, and you forgave him. Remember something. You're not inviting this guy over to dinner. We're not asking him to date your daughter. You're not asking him to go out and have drinks or anything. You don't know this guy from a can of paint. That's your Eagle team. That's your civic pride team, okay? It's about winning. Delron, if Jalen had bad if if Jalen had bad starts, but the Eagles win the division, he'd be shipped out. So it's not about wins. It's about personal stats. It can't be about personal stats. Delron, how many times have you seen a guy put up great numbers and suck? I mean, if you really really want to go down that line, the guy in Washington's got 40,000 yards passing. He's got stats more so. He's thrown more. He's thrown more passing yards than what Terry Bradshaw, Troy Aikman, Phil Sims. I mean, this guy's thrown for a boatload of yards. I don't think it's about. I think it's about winning. You think Brady cares about statistics? I don't know about. Ken says eleven wins. I can't forgive Deshaun. I just want to give Ertz. I just want to give Ertz a shot and see what he can do. Mike, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I don't think there's anything wrong. And by the way, I think that's kind of what the Eagles have done. So again, I'm just I'm throwing that out, man. I'm so you're gonna put number, you're gonna put personal numbers on his play. And you're not gonna use the wins, or are you gonna use the wins? How how are you going to – here, I'm, I'm going to give you guys – I'm going to give you guys a point here. Big Dave loves comics. Oh, yeah, you can have it. You're – Big Dave, you're right. Put that up there. He is without a doubt. This is the key to this. I asked Jimmy Johnson the question, Coach, would you give up three first-round draft choices for Deshaun Watson? You know what J.J. said? No. If I had Deshaun, I'm not giving him up, giving him up for anything. Here, go with me here. You know how I knew the Dolphins were in the right direction? Was this like, tell me, tell me wrong, because you guys probably saw this more so than I did. Tell me if tell me if I saw this right. Didn't the Dolphins two years ago beat the Eagles and Seattle in like December? 
and yet that football team sucked in Miami, right? Am I right when I say that? Didn't the didn't Eagles lose to the Dolphins a couple years ago in December? I think it was two years ago in December. I believe it was down in Miami. I, I don't – if it was at the link, it's even worse of a loss than I thought. But, you know, here's my point. When I watched that football team as they were getting better, the Dolphins, I went like this. This is a damn good coach football team. Okay? That's a damn good football team. And they're going to be a really good football team because they're well coached. They are well coached. And they won a lot of games. Yes, I was there in Miami. Okay, it was in Miami. Eagles Brockler, Michael. Michael paid a debt to society. Are you comparing potential assaulting women to friend? I'm not comparing anything. I'm comparing people as accepting. Um, I'm I'm not going to debate the legalities of which crime was worse here. I'm asking you if you'll take a guy with a couple dents in his fender on your football team. You know why I don't have to debate that? This is not a morality show. I'm not talking about the morality of what's right or wrong more so than the other. That's not what I'm saying here. See, that's that's sometimes – and Eagles, let me ask you this, man. I mean, again, I'm asking you if you take Deshaun Watson on your football team. I'm not comparing anything to anything. I'm comparing that you took a guy on your football team that had problems in his past and you put him on your team. Case closed. Yeah, but this crime is more than this. There is no crime yet. I haven't heard anybody except civil cases against Deshaun. He's not on any commissioner's exemplist yet. If this guy had 20, I'll say this to you too. So if you're telling me that he assaulted 23 women in Houston, is that not a sexual rapist? Why isn't he in jail? If you or I had 22 accusations against us for sexually assaulting women or sexual misconduct, would we not be under the jail? And so in the South, Houston, Texas, you think Deshaun's getting a pass? I don't. I don't. Now, I'm not suggesting that I know any insight on the cases. I'm not going to play lawyer here. I'm not Rusty Harden, his attorney, or Tony Busby, the guy defending the women. This is not like Andrew Cuomo here. Trotter, kill, Trotter killed a guy and the Eagles still signed him? Hmm. That was Ray Lewis. <laughs> yeah, that was, hey, I think you got the wrong linebacker. And by the way, <clears throat> he was a Miami guy. <clears throat> I might need my proxy in here, Krause, on that one. <laughs> Sorry, that went down wrong. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's a Miami guy. <clears throat> yeah. We just had a case, too, end up coming up where um, Brian Potter finally got his justice. Teammate killed him. Crazy. Not guilty. I'll take him. <laughs> Eagle, now you sound like Jimmy. Joseph always dropping the Trumpster in here. Wait, wait. wait. Hey, Joseph, I'm going to give you one imitation. Who's this? How you doing, honey? How you doing? My creepy Joe. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing, honey? How you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's enough. I'm creeping myself out. Sorry. Miami guy. Oh, God. 
Well, here, let me just throw this at you here. Wait, wait a minute here. You don't win championships with choir boys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? You don't win. <laughs> That's my favorite line, man. Cord pop. That's it. Sign that bitch. Eagles need cord pop playing middle linebacker. That's going to be an email to Joe Biden. Joe, where's corn pop? Does he have any grandkids? Get corn pop's ass out here, man. How to beat that guy's ass in Delaware. They got tough dudes in Delaware? <laughs> Delaware? I'm not even sure you got blue shell crabs in Delaware. I don't know. Delaware? I think I've driven through it. No, Hernandez. No, Delron. Hernandez did not go to Miami. He went to that scumbag place in Gainesville. How dare you say that? We, we, uh, hey, our murder count is at least on one hand. Hey, I'm from Delaware. <laughs> hey, you want to hear some? So's Randy White. Randy White's from Delaware, and he's my favorite football player. Yeah, hey. He's he's he, <laughs> he's from, yeah man. He's from Delaware. School full of killers. <laughs> Ow. Uh, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's get back to the East. Get off my canes. By the way, get your killer schools right, man. What the hell you think this is? Oh, so you think Miami back in the day didn't have real gangsters? Real gangsters? Come on, man. I do think we need to see Jalen before we trade. Really? If you were given, if you were given, hey, Joe Flacco first went to Pitt. NFC. Joe Flacco first went to Pitt, and then he transferred. So wait a minute, though. Eagles, if you if you were given a chance to get Deshaun, you'd still want to see Jalen play? Whew. No, Sean Taylor was killed. I know the story. Would you guys Randy White was a badass. You guys want to hear Deshaun Taylor? No, man. So night he died. You guys want to hear it? Dion, thanks for coming aboard, brother. Yeah, here. That's creepy Joe. It's like a weekend at Bernie's every time I watch him at the mic. What'd you say? You want to hear the you want to hear the Sean Taylor murder story? God, what a player. You know what? Him and Ed Reed, two best, two best safeties I've ever seen. And that includes Ronnie Lott. That includes Dawkins, too. Okay? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the, the murder story of Sean Taylor that nobody except here on the National Football Show will ever hear. He would have been a great line, but dude, here's the Sean Taylor murder story. Hey, somebody do me a favor. Look up the year he died or he was murdered. I think Pembroke Pines is where the house was.
Michael Irvin stabbing a dude with the scissors. Let me get to one story at a time here. Dan, I've got a Sirianni story for you. Are we good? Dawkins was awesome. Great football player. Great football player. So um, I, I get a call. I'm watching television with my wife. And I, I think I, I was a couple of years already into my broadcasting career. And I played with a guy by the name of George Myra Jr. His dad was a legendary quarterback at Miami. Went on and played for the 49ers. I, I don't know. Maybe, did, he, did he do a stop with the Eagles? Anyway, I get a call from George Myra. He goes, Sills. And, you know, he became one of them, them, like, EMS guys. You know, they show up at the scene, like car accidents, fatalities, gun shootings and all. Well, he became like a paramedic. And so he calls me. He goes, Sills, it's George Myra. I said, hey, man, what's up? He goes, you want to know what I'm looking at right now? I go, what? He goes, I'm watching Sean Taylor die in front of my eyes. And I'm going to I'm gonna give you everything. I go, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I'm watching Sean. He's, he was dating Andy Garcia's niece, I think it was. And this guy broke into the house. And he was trying to rob the house because he knew he thought they were gone. Guy pulls out the shotgun and was going to shoot the kid. She was... She was going to, um, he was going to shoot a pregnant woman. And Sean Taylor dove in front of it and saved her life. Andy Garcia knows the story. And when George showed up, he was still alive. He's laying there on the floor. He shot him in the groin area, in the stomach and around there. And he just bled to death right in front of him and died in his arms. He's on, he called me and told me, he goes, Sean Taylor's dying in front of me. I went like this, comfort him, man. Comfort him. It was the saddest call outside of one of my loved ones. I'll never forget that call. Man. He and Jerome Brown would be Hurricane Hall of Famers. If Jerome, Jerome made the all-pro team with the Eagles. If Jerome had fulfilled his destiny, he wouldn't have been Reggie White, but Jerome Brown would have been Warren Sapp. He was Warren Sapp before Sapp. He was on his way, man. I think he's got two Pro Bowls and um, one, I think he's got one all pro and two pro bowls. What a player. DJ, I thought he went I thought he first went to Pitt though. Am I wrong when I say that? I I, I thought Flacco went to um Pitt first and and then he transferred. Oh, you met Jerome. Oh man. Hey, Eagles, I don't know if I showed it to you. I love showing you guys this. 
See that? I get a hat every year. I get a hat every year from the golf tournament because I I kind of like, you know, always promoted for them. Those guys are just spectacular. Just really, just really great. All right. Flacco transfers from okay. Here, we're gonna take a time out here, but I want I want I want I want to leave you with this, and then we'll debate this on the other side. You ready? I get scared sometimes. <laughs> I actually like that, Krause. I thought that was good. Okay, look, I liked it. I like it. Here, here. Okay, do me a favor. Think of this for a second. What do you have to see from Sirianni this coming year for him to be the guy in Philly? We'll do that next. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. 
Try it on at GoArmy.com. Dan Cilio. Just Mike, you just made me laugh, dude. I'm, I'm going to bring a reference up, you know, because we're all friends here now. Appreciate you coming aboard, Kevin Adams. Thank you. Montreal, is that right? I played a football game up there. The World League of American Football. It was the World Bowl. We played against, let me see. We, we, we played against Goldberg's Sacramento surge team at the old Olympic stadium. Boomer Siason and um, God, Brad Nessler. Cause Brad was on the show and he said that he called that game. I had a fun time in Montreal, man. Best strip clubs in the world. Shape. <laughs> All right. Wait a minute here, Mike. I got to tell you something. I, we just asked a question. Hey, real quick. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about Dak here for a second. And then, we're going to get to all your thoughts over here, too. Um, yeah, so Big Mike goes like this. You know, we threw the question out there to you. Well, whether or not, you know, what do you have to see from Sirianni to be the guy? And he said like this, yeah, more, more Kobayashi references and rock, paper, scissors, you know? Always remember this about hot dogs, dude. Assholes and lips. <laughs> Big Seals don't eat them. <laughs> Big Seals don't eat them, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how much ketchup and relish and mustard you put on them. How you doing? <laughs> I, uh, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, Kev. I think I even got a word. Oh my God, Kevin! Wait a minute. Look at this, Kevin. Does that say Montreal on it right there? World Bulb, 92. How you doing? As Jim McKay would say, we span the globe here. Now, to get into what we said about Nick Sirianni here. Um... And then B says this, or I'm going to go 69. Sirianni needs to show he can motivate his team and bring them back when they get down on a scoreboard. He needs to show he's flexible with his play calling and adapts the scheme to the players. That's great. It's a great take. That is so exactly what a coach has to be. But 69's bringing a point up. Patience. That's exactly correct, what he's saying. You see, I'm going to give you a reference point here. And we were talking about it in the last hour. The one thing that I saw with Brian Flores in Miami and Chris Greer, see, here's the dynamic and why the Dolphins are getting better. And the Eagles have walked backwards. Now, some of you are way more optimistic going forward for the 2021 season. And you're coming off a 4-11 and in one season. The Dolphins are coming off a 10-win year. Okay? What did we see? What did we, what, what did we see? 
Okay. All right, Nate, I'll call you Nate. You don't like 69? I don't know what's wrong with that number. <laughs> I guess it's a personal choice. Hey, Don. Okay. Um, what I saw with him, I saw that football team getting better every single month. I kept watching the Dolphins go like this. From the year previous when they beat the Eagles and Seattle, late in the year I went, that, that team – that team is a well-coached football team. But what's the one dynamic that Brian Flores has that Nick Sirianni doesn't have? In Miami, he's got a general manager that's there to support the coach. In Philadelphia, the general manager directs the coach. Am I wrong? Am I wrong when I say that? I'll say it again for you. Sirianni's in a position in Philly where the GM directs him. In Miami, Brian Flores is in an organization that the GM works with him. Every place that you have the dynamic that I just said, okay, owner and GM, that's even more of a problem. That's... Get this. That's why they don't win in Dallas. Hey, and real quick on Dallas, do we not agree? How many people think Dak Prescott, if he went out in the open market? How about this? You think the Eagles would have paid Dak Prescott $42 million a year to be the starting quarterback in Philadelphia? Would, would, would you have been in favor of that sign? Say, say the Cowboys didn't sign him. Would you sign Dak Prescott to a $42 million deal? You think Dak's a $42 million a year guy? Man, I so do not. Okay? I so do not. Kevin says 50-50. Depending on what the market is, no way does he go on the open market. Dallas was negotiating against themselves. Okay? I look at and, – and I hate that, well, the market – price dictates that. Does it really? Big Birds, Philadelphia is not signing Dak Prescott to a $42 million deal. They would much, they they would stick with, they would stick with Jalen. Joey B, welcome aboard, man. Colorado is going to be hot all year, though, Joey. It's going to be hot all year. Nick Faye, hey, Vic Fangio, man, that dude better win. <laughs> that guy better win. Birdman says they did it to Carson Wentz. So you know what's funny? I thought Carson Wentz was a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Dak's putting the numbers up. He's putting the numbers up. But do we not agree? Dak Prescott has receivers and a running game and an O-line. I'm not saying that Carson didn't have the O-line. But Alshon Jeffries and Deshaun Jackson, those guys were made of, those guys were made of like um, balsa wood. They were always hurt and bitching about Nick Foles or moaning and crying about Foles. I love my guy. You know, my guy, man, Nicky, Nicky baby, you know? You could go over to Broad Street, man, and you could see a statue of him. Shut up, dude. You're a receiver. Get back in the huddle. Who the hell are you? 
most overpaid wide receiver in the history of the Eagles is Alshon Jeffries. And he was a cancer in the locker room. I couldn't stand that guy in the locker room. Every time he opened up his pie hole, it's like, shut up, dude, and play. Oh, wait, you hurt again? You know, when Jesse James went into Banks, and he was robbing Banks, hey, how about this? When Jesse James went into Banks and was robbing Banks, right? That dude used a gun. You know, when Alshon Jeffries went into the ownership's box in Philadelphia, he put his head down and his hand out. Thanks, man, for my check. This guy didn't even use a gun when he was robbing Philly. <laughs> Dude, at least if you're going to rob somebody, I don't know, right? <laughs> yeah, Jesse James used a gun. You're like, okay, well, here. Okay, here, here. Here's here's Alshon Jeffries and Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, should we use it? Yeah, I'll use my, I'll use one of my Detroit Lions checks. Here's one of my Detroit Lions checks. See that? Right there is one of my Detroit Lions checks. Is it? Oh, yeah, it's a $10,000 bonus I got for something. I saw this the other day. I found it. See that? This is this is how Alshon Jeffries got paid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I can't believe I have, like, a whole crap load of – I got a whole shitload of stuff here with props. Got a hat. Got a book. Ugh. Sirianni has to show him, hey, isn't it funny? There's not as much pressure on the head coach as there is on, or is there? What do you think there's more pressure on in Philly? What's, what, what, who's got more pressure this year, Sirianni or Jalen? Let me hear some, let me think about that for a minute. I, that topic just came to my head here. Jalen, let me write some of these down. Jalen, head coach. Sirianni. Got a pair of road panties. Panties? I don't wear underwear. Sorry, they're encumbersome. Big Seal's not an underwear guy. Jalen. Sirianni, buck stops here, period. Nick has no pressure? Really? Because this could be his only sh- – that's a great take. Hey, hey, that's a great take. That's a great take because what if Sirianni gets out of the gate and he sucks like Rod Marinelli? I'm not saying in any way the Eagles are going to go in 16. I'm not going there at all. Not not even going near that. But however, what if he really sucks and we start doing this? Hey, if we are watching anything in mainstream media right now, remember how everybody was on their knees to Joe Biden? There are not a lot of media people right now throwing that guy a lot of love. Okay? And they turned on that guy in seven months. 
So don't tell me you don't think Eagle fans can turn on that guy in seven minutes. So, and you know the organization too. Howie's job's on the line here. Howie's job is on the line. Now, personally, I'm going to tell you this, man. I'm going to say this to you. I think the owner had a lot to do with Nick Sirianni being the head coach of the Eagles, too. You know why? Why do you, why do you think that that is an important hire for the owner? Now, look, this is theory. But I, I, I want you to hear my theory. And by the way, I'm still asking the question, who has more pressure this year? And maybe what you can do is you could tell me why you think that there's more pressure. Who's got more pressure this year, Sirianni or Jalen? Here's why. You think the owner of the Eagles regrets letting Frank Wright go out the building? Yes or no? You guys think he regrets letting that guy walk out the building? especially with the type of success you're seeing him have in Indy. And remember, Frank wasn't the choice in Indy. It was Josh McDaniel. Josh McDaniel had the first crack at that job. Frank at that job because it fell to him. Okay. Big Bird says for sure. Okay. You're damn right. I agree. I think the owner, if he looked at him again, Personally, I think he's – and if you go back and listen to Frank – we had Frank. We had Frank on the program. Go back and listen to it right here on the Jacob Media channel. We did an interview with Frank. We've had everybody on. And by the way, we're waiting for Sirianni still. I, I sent out something to Bob Lang today from the Eagles, so we're waiting for him. Um, Frank Reich recommended Nick to the owner. While they were talking about dealing Carson Wentz to the Colts. And my boy Krause was there for that. And he knows that I'm onto something here. Think of what, what I said. Okay? Frank said this on our interview. He went like this. I have a great relationship with the owner. I have a great relationship with Howie. Those two guys want Frank Reich as their, as their head coach. And Jim Irsay knows that. So guess what? How do you think they got that move? And what was the first thing I asked Frank? Frank, did you know you wanted him right away? Yeah. And for the record, I caught Frank. Not that I'm trying to catch my friends. I said, who called you first about trading once? He said, the owner did. What? Well, what's Howie's job? He's pro Hey, Joey B. Xander's probably buying stock somewhere. He's probably buying stock. <laughs> he, he's in the Hamptons, right, with Obama and them guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're drinking martinis. That's what aristocrats do, you know? Yeah, me, I'm just a beer drinker. Buying stock and drinking martinis. That's what a lot of these uh, big-time sports dudes do nowadays. I'm just a blue-collar guy. But Frank wanted Carson, so what did the owner do? Okay, here he is. Let's see if we can make it work. Oh, by the way, I see you're having issues with your head coach. Yeah, we're having – what do you think of Nick Sirianni? 
didn't you guys what what was that stupid what was that stupid comment coming out of WIP about Lincoln Riley being the coach with the Eagles? Oh my God, that was the biggest lie going. Okay? That was the biggest lie going. Xander knows, man, because Frank was as honest as he can get. There is no doubt his relationship with the Philadelphia Eagles is a tight one. It is a tight one. Okay? It's a tight one. And he knew immediately, man, that he wanted to get Carson in there. Well, get this. That thing was orchestrated when things started going south. Remember when they wanted him? You know how they got Doug Peterson out? What was the one move that could get Doug Peterson out of the room? Hey, fire one of your coaches. Doug wasn't going to do it. That's what got Sirianni in the room. Had you guys ever heard of Nick Sirianni before? And that stupid stuff going on where people in Philly were going, Lincoln Riley's the next coach. What a lie. I know Lincoln. Oh, Big Birds, it was never true. Here's why. Do you really believe in your heart that you think that the owner of the Eagles is going to stroke a check for $8 million a year to bring Lincoln Riley to the Philadelphia Eagles? Do you know what he's he's making $8 million a year, and do you know he's got a 10-year bonus that's getting ready to mature, which means that just the same way that Bob Stoops, if he was there over 10 years, they gave him $6.5 million as a bonus. He's going to make $7 million this year on a bonus for being there a decade. Why in the world would that guy leave and go work for a guy like Howie Roseman or an owner who meddles when he's got his own kingdom in Norman, Oklahoma, or excuse me, yeah, Norman, Oklahoma. These coaches today that you think you're going to pry away from the college game? Here, do you know that that guy, Clay Helton, that coaches the USC Trojans, who's not very good, do you know that guy makes $6 million a year? That guy makes more money than your coach, Nick Sirianni, does. What's your coach making now, three and a half? You know what three and a half million gets you today? Do you know what the coordinators at Alabama make and the coordinators at Clemson make? They make two and a half million dollars a year. Two and a half million. Why would I coach the Eagles and hear all that shit coming out of the front office? Why would I do that? The coaches in the college game, it's more affordable to stay at that level now. Because then, you know what? I don't have the pressure of a GM. I don't have a fan base that's going to beat my ass all the time. And in some places, look at, look at Brian Kelly, for instance, at Notre Dame. Look at Why would Brian Kelly want to coach the Eagles? Why, why would Brian Kelly ever want to coach that team? He makes $6.5, 7000000 million a year coaching Notre Dame. He's under real no pressure to win a national title. They haven't won one since 88. And prior to that, I think they won one in 73. Everyone makes Notre Dame sound like they've been winning national championships every single year. Let me think. In the last 60 years, Notre Dame has won 88, 73. I believe Montana won one in 76. I think it was 88, 76, 73. And then in the 60s, they have won look, look, 1988. Notre Dame wins nothing. You're right, Eagles. 
The point is he's not under any pressure and he's making a king's ransom. So if I go to coach the uh, – and, and by the way, that's why you don't see a lot of the great college coaches any longer taking those leaps into the NFL, and that's why you see these nobodies. Look at Cliff Kingsbury, for instance. Cliff Kingsbury sucked in college. You know that? I don't care he coached Patrick Mahomes. Do you know that he had an underwater record at Texas Tech? <laughs> and when he got the job at USC, he didn't get the job as a head coach. He got the job as a coordinator. So he went from getting fired at Lubbock to getting a coordinating job in Los Angeles to becoming the head coach of the Cardinals. What? What? Notre Dame. So Sirianni, that's a great question. Who's under more pressure? Sirianni or Jalen? Mm. Who's under more pressure? Let's let's weigh it out here. How many games are you going to give Jalen Hurts? How many games are you going to give Jalen Hurts when you do this? Please keep ripping the Eagles. Philly media doesn't like to ruffle feathers. Wow. Man, really? Let me ask you this. You think I'm ripping them? You're 4-11-1. and and I'm not really ripping them. I'm just, does it, does it come off? You know what everybody always says is, Joey B, you know this. They always say Big Sills is controversial. Telling the truth is controversial? Isn't that crazy? I'm not ripping anybody. I'm just telling you who you are. And by the way, NPC, I'm not, I'm not ripping on you at all. All I'm saying is, really? You're not, oh, I see. Because you know why? You got to have accessibility and you got to be a cheerleader. Oh, that's right. See, sports talk radio today, especially in Philadelphia, at the Fanatic and WIP, you got to be a cheerleader. Or guess what? The Eagles aren't going to put you on. See, my relationship, though, with Nick Sirianni is through Frank Reich. So he knows that I'm not going to say anything that's going to be over the top or it's not going to be not true. Now, you may not like to hear the truth, but. <laughs> wow. You never hear candor this. That's a compliment. Thank you. That's a compliment. One year you're going to give Jalen. Let me write that down, Kevin. One or two. I'm not giving Jalen Hurts two years to prove he's the guy. Okay? I'm not, I am not giving Jalen Hurts two years. Not in your life. Here, here's what I'll give him. <clears throat> if I don't see – here, here. The lines will be dominant, Ralph. Ralph says the lines will be dominant. Ralph, I've been convinced the last four days. This week, there's an epiphany with Big Sills. Bunch of people have told me that. You're right. I'm wrong. Okay? I still question your linebackers and your secondary. Here's what I'm saying. Jalen Hurts has to show me that he's getting better every quarter pull. 
There's four quarters in an NFL season. Well, now there's more because of the 17th game, right? So a little over four quarters are now in a season. First four games, game one, game four has to be better than game one. And as the progression goes, I've got to see a projection like this where he's going up. I don't want to see this. Bumpy and Rocky. Okay? Bumpy and Rocky. I want to see this. And it doesn't have to be like this. Like we saw with Justin Herbert. It can be like this. Right? Now, a Philly fan, have the patience to do that. I agree with you, Joey. I'm going to give him eight games. And in those eight games, if I don't start to see this guy doing this, and I start seeing this, and I start – and know this. Teams are going to start getting game tape on him. He's going to have to be smarter and adjust. And the head coach is also going to have to know that. The two things that you look at here that are hurting and maybe playing against Jalen Hurts a little bit, you know what they are? New head coach, new play calling, new system. This is kind of what's – do we not agree? This is what kind of stopped the progression maybe in the development of Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Delron goes, you don't like roller coasters? No. My wife does. Maybe that's why we're attracted to one another. No, I don't. I don't like to be thrown upside down. No, I would like to go to the moon one day or shot into space. She doesn't want to do that. Eagles said, but I think we will improve. We like improvement. Yeah, but would, but will, will you be okay if you're sitting at two and four? And yet you're knowing it's a better team than the record is. You know you've seen that. This team's better. Like I said a couple years ago, when it came to the uh, Dolphins, Dolphins had a sorry-ass record. But didn't everybody go like this? That team's going to be a pretty decent team. The next year they win 10 games. Now, hey, dude, shoot me into space? Honestly, you'd need a couple Saturn rockets to get big seals off the ground. Hey, Don. Or, or, or maybe what you could do is just fill me up with them uh, Joey Chestnut hot dogs. Maybe I could lift off that way. Uh, big seals has been known to lift off a few times around the holidays. Hey, Don. <laughs> huh? Oh, Ralph. Do me a favor, Xander, put Ralph up there. This is important here. This is important. Ralph said probably the most critical thing for this season for the Eagles. How many carries do you want to see per game? Ralph, must be a football man. Must be a football man. Because, you know, every time you talk – watch this. Every time you talk about a quarterback and you hear these turds that are on, like, all these shows, well, this guy throws a really mean football and – Bill Walsh told me a long time ago, he says, you never look at a quarterback's arm. You always look at his feet. You, you always see what kind of feet he has, what kind of footwork. Is he a glider? Is he a guy that gets back into his seven-step drop so he can process the intel, see the defense, read it, go through progressions? All of that has to come within seconds. You're talking about 3.5 seconds. 
you've got to get back into your drop. You've got to process the intel. You've got to read your progressions, and you got to know where to throw the ball. Three seconds. That's all you get. Or you're dead. Three seconds. And he's right. I'd like to see about 25 carries. 30? That means we're winning the game. Bernie. Uh, Bernie is going to be – he's going to have a lot of followers here with this. Okay? I'm only giving Ertz four games to prove that he's the guy for this team. He's not going to be alone. Control the clock. Hand Absolutely. But, Ralph, you really – that's sold that that's the running attack that you need. You're really sold that you have the backs back there. Man, I'll tell you what, Najee Harris, wouldn't he have looked great? I would – hey, this is going to sound effed up here a little bit. You ready? Man, I almost wish that the Eagles got Najee Harris more so than Devontae Smith. Because if you're going to have a young quarterback – now, Devontae Smith – might be a guy that would attract a free agent quarterback to want to boy, Deshaun Watson and Devontae Smith. That could be frightening. That could, that could be frightening. Wow. Good night. Joey B says, hold on here. He goes, Joey B says that uh, Joe judge is uh, um, he's Bill Belichick in, in waiting. Let me ask you something here, though, Haas. Don't you think Brady's exposed Belichick a little? God, we have so much to hit on. Do me a favor. Put all your questions out there. If I don't see it, we'll redo them so I can see it. Got to take a quick time out here. Keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest... Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy Dan Cilio. But Joey, you don't like to be called Hoss. <laughs> oh, I nickname everybody. I nickname my daughter Didi. Cue ball. I got. I, I I do it to everybody. Everyone. Krause. Uh, you know what the hell? Everybody's got to have an identity. I love people with identities. You know. Yeah, establishing the running game is going to be the most essential thing that the Eagles can do. If you have the best offensive line, you think. You think your line? Hang on for a second. You think you have a better old line in Dallas? Do you have a better old line in Dallas and the combination? You know, I'm adding to the question. See, I don't think Zeke Elliott restructuring his contract. I think that's a good thing because he's not going to stay on that football team with the amount of money he's making. No way. You had to restructure that thing. You have to. Okay, got to run the ball. I also threw out, would you want to have would you want to have Devontae Smith or would you rather have Najee Harris as you're developing a young quarterback? Scott Litch said this year, yes. Okay. You've got to get a running game going. You'd rather have Devontae Smith, even though you're not sure you have the quarterback yet. It may not fit healthy. You think healthy, the O-line's better than Dallas's. Najee Harris can be special. He's kind of struggling a little bit in Pittsburgh from what I'm understanding. Got to pound the ball inside, correct. These guys that you have in your O-line that I've been convinced of, I want to see 25 to 30 carries. Here, throw this at you. If Jalen Hurts is throwing the football 45 times a game, you're going to be – I mean, you're going to be a five-win team. Be a five-win team. You can't be a ballet, because how many ballet moments are you going to have in a game? And you know what I mean by ballet moments? One, two, three, kick. One, two, three, kick. You're going to look like a ballroom dancer. 
because you're not going to be able to keep the consistency. Um, Ralph threw that out there. That's exactly what ball control does. Play clock, field position, keep the opponent off the field. That's how you beat these big time arms in the NFL. How do you how do you how do you think the Colts have been able to like really be effective against Patrick Mahomes? What is the one way to beat Patrick Mahomes? Keep him on the sidelines. You can't keep him on the sidelines when you got a passing game. Here's why. Unless you have an intermediate passing game, like Brady, and a skilled guy that knows how to use the clock. Brady is a surgeon. He is a surgeon with that. But most of the time, when you have big play offenses, what happens? Give the ball right back, even if you score. Scott Lynch says, Lane Johnson, Brooks, they never block for Jalen Hurts. Okay, only starter is Jason Kelsey. I'm telling you, man, what everybody has been saying, and Scott, I don't know, you didn't see um, who was on with us the other day, Brian Baldinger. Jordan Milata looks like he's going to be the best offensive tackle in the game, and that includes Trent Williams in San Francisco. You may have the best OT, and whatever reason, and, and you know what? Krause told me this one here. So he's in some sort of um, battle with Dillard now, and you know why he's in a conversation with Dillard? And you know why that's a competition? Because the owner drafted the guy high. And the owner has a big draft choice number on this kid, Dillard. That's why. And if you watch the kid play, I watched the kid looks like a turnstile at the link. People running right past him. This other kid here, he's a seventh rounder. What, what Howie doesn't realize, he hates the perception of sucking in the premium picks. But he doesn't get he's saving the owner money. You cut that stiff off your football team. You put a seventh rounder in there, he's a rookie contract for the next three years. And you're able to go down the line, and because of the new collective bargaining agreement, you get an opportunity to defer some of that money out. So the money you have to eat on a stupid-ass Dillard deal, you can defer that cash out. Same way the Rams have deferred the Clay Matthews contract and the Todd Gurley contract. But what Howie doesn't like is, how he doesn't like to do this. He doesn't like the perception that he effed up a number one pick. So what? Look at how many times Bill Belichick moves off the of top picks. Ain't like it was back in the old days. Look at what the Cardinals did. The Cardinals realized Josh Rosen sucks. What'd they do? They went in the draft and got Kyler Murray the next year. Eat your pride, bro. Good homie profits. Moved up. Moved up? They moved up to get that stiff? Wow. They moved up to get that stiff? Dude, that guy sucks, man. Okay? That guy sucks. Holy cow. <laughs> hey, honestly, man. That guy's like one of those guys on an aircraft carrier. That guy Dillard's like those guys that go like this. He's directing jets. Go, you want to go that way? Or just go right by me. Just go right by me. Go ahead. Okay. They jumped the Texans for him. Wow, Howie hates that move. Yeah, Howie ain't going to eat that. That guy's going to be on the team next two years, even though he blows. Oh, yeah. 
And you know this like I do. Personnel guys, they hate it. They, they hate doing this. Hey, uh, Jeffrey? Yes, Howie. <laughs> uh, um, uh, you know that guy? You know, you, you know Dillard? The guy picked in the first round for you? You mean the guy we gave a whole boatload of money to and we moved up in the draft to get? That guy? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we, we may have to move on from him. You mean I'm going to have to eat more dead money? Yep. <laughs> yep, dead money. Hey, Howie, how much dead money do we have on the books? Well, we might get a first-round pick if Carson plays well in Indy. Hey, think about what that dickhead's got to think about. Do me a favor here. Think about what Howie has to hope. Howie has to hope a guy that he traded plays well to get a number one pick. This guy, Joe Biden? I mean, hey, hey, I'm hoping, you know, that the security of the, of the facility, you know, I'm going to count on these guys that are murderers, you know. I mean, hey, we're not, we're there. You got to do whatever it takes, you know. I got to rely on something here. <laughs> and then I got I got to rely on Carson Wentz to play well to get another number one. Wow! Hey Carson, rooting for you. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, okay. Somehow I don't believe this. And the kid, you know what? And and, and the guy, <laughs> Brian Baldinger sent me a bunch of reels on um, Malata. This kid's kicking the living crap out of people, too. He is. And uh, you, by the way, it's not even a debate. In practice, everyone knows he's just killing guys. This guy's like 6'8", right? 380. When you're 6'8", 380, 380 looks pretty good on you. 380 looks good on you. You ever see those who players? You ever see Shaq? You stand next to Shaq, you would think he's a beanpole. But he's 7'3". And he's 300 pounds. You're like, damn. Do me a favor. If you ever get an opportunity to stand next to, um, to like, uh, Cam Newton, he would absolutely freak you out. He's like 6'6", six, six, and that dude's 250, and you're like, that guy's a tight end. How much cap do we have next year? 88 mil? Ralph, you're a ball player then. You get 88 million in cap room next year. Ralph, is that number right? He was 360 last year. And yeah, now he's 380. I, I, yeah, Brian sent me some of the tapes that he has. He goes, tell me what you think. I watched about an hour of his tape last night. And I was doing this. Holy crap. Is this guy good? This guy is good. He's good, man. By the way, Joey, Jets and Eagles tonight, right? They're not going to play Jalen Hurts either. Oy. Oy. <laughs> well, they're not, they're not going to play any of their front line guys. They've made it very clear. 
We took Diller over DK Metcalf. The kid in Seattle? So the kid in Seattle who looks like Tarzan. That kid who looks like Tarzan that plays in that um, Seahawks offense is the guy you could have took. Can you imagine add him and uh, Devontae Smith as your wideouts if you don't go out and get Dillard? Not sure, but between Carson coming off the books, two, three first-rounders. Why not set up too bad going forward, okay? How many W's would Hurts have to put up on the Texans? How many W's would Hurts have to put up on the Texans last year? And we took Diller over A.J. Brown is another one. He's another beast. Yeah, no. Hey, now you've got Julio Jones in Tennessee. And you got Derrick Henry in the backfield. And you got that old line. Man, Titans are going to be a fun team to watch. And you know what they're going to be a team like? The team like the Eagles were a couple years ago when they were pounding the living crap out of people. Yeah. Run that rock, beat them up on the both lines. I said this before, man. That Eagle team three years ago, you guys had the best the best two lines as a combo in the NFL. You did. I mean, you beat the hell out of the – you absolutely beat the hell out of the Patriots in that Super Bowl up front, I thought. Oof. Mr. Wing. Will Jameis Winston have a great year? Yes. Good call. Why do you think Jameis Winston will have a good year? Better coaching. No, I'll take that back because it's Bruce Arians he had. Better system. Okay? Better system. And I would say this about, and I would say this more about um, Sean Payton than Bruce Arians. That, that looks like a better fit, doesn't it? It looks to me like Sean's very patient. Look at the quarterbacks that he's dealt with since he's been the uh, head coach in New Orleans. Think about this, for instance. Drew Brees, nobody wanted him, developed him. He took Teddy Bridgewater on. I think he was 5-1 and one as a starter for him. He took in Tyson Hill and turned this kid from BYU into a project, and I still think he's a gimmick quarterback. He's a better version of Tim Tebow. But he, he, he's a good player. And Jameis, after what I'm watching him in the preseason, I'm like, that kid looks good, man. He looks like a first-round pick. Yeah, NFC East beast. I, 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 I think Sean's a better coach than Bruce. And I think Sean Payton's a Hall of Fame coach. Just Mike said he also had LASIK surgery. Ah, of course. <laughs> Dude, Tennessee. Okay. Tennessee, man, I'm telling you. Okay. Ain't just a great song by the Fugees. That team's going to rock it this year. That team's going to rock it. Like Garrett Blunt, baby. Man, I like that kid back in the day. You know what? You, you know what his big problem was when he came out of college? You remember what he did? He punched that guy from um, 
Boise State in the face. Nobody took him. Buccaneers get him. I think in like eight games he had a thousand yards. I covered him because I covered the Bucks for like fifteen years when I was on in Tampa. That dude was a beast, man. And then he became like a red zone freak, right? Patriots love that guy. He was a really good man, red zone runner. Yeah, Tennessee's going to be great. That year we ran the ball and controlled the clock. Our defense was fresh. Oh, that's right. LeGarrette was in the backfield then. That's right. Man, that was a good unit. Frank with great play calling. Doug was in there, man, putting a game plan together. Was Swartz your D coordinator then? I don't think he was. Who was your defensive coordinator? I forget. Was Swartz the D coordinator? Who was the Philly D coordinator when you guys won a Super Bowl? Was it Swartz? The guy used to be in Detroit. Big Birds, NFC South South should be um, interesting. He was? Okay. Arrested Development. Damn! There you go when you try to act cool. See, I know my I know my weaknesses. When you try to be cool, it doesn't work, right? It's not a good fit, right, Sills? No good. Keep the script. That's how you don't. Then again, I'm never scripted. Well, I write stuff down, but I wrote a whole bunch of stuff down. I'm like, things that people don't care about. <laughs> what about color? You, you know what's funny? I was talking to my boy Krause about this. Still a good song, it is. Um, nobody in the Northeast gives a rat's ass about college football. If you ask somebody in Philadelphia who Temple is, they'd be like, you mean the Masonic Temple? No, Temple, the football team, the Owls. Okay? No, 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 the Temple Owls. No, I never heard of them. It's a college team you got in your city for a billion years. I, I don't know. Where do they play? Where do, where do they play? I don't know. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Wait a minute. So the Fugees, I'll tell you a quick story about the Fugees. You know Lauren Hill? Lauren Hill, the lead singer, right? So you know who her husband was? Do you guys know who Lauren Hill's husband was? And it's kind of off and on. And I kind of try to stay out of the conversation. This is a little bit behind the scenes. Again, this is a Miami thing here a little bit. Okay. So you guys know who Lauren Hill is, right? That's right. Mr. Ming. And Mr. Ming, where did Rohan play? He follows me on Twitter too, so I have to be careful. By the way, you guys want to follow me on Twitter at Dan Silio Show. So I got to be cool. Okay. And my wife always tells me, stay the hell out of it. Because she's always, you know. Leading him by his nose. So I'm over Rohan's house. We're boys, man. We're we're just Bob Marley's got a bunch of kids too, man. They're all great people. Great folks, man. Now he's a linebacker. And oh man, he he he's just a great I, I love him. What a lion, man, is Rohan. Such a good dude. We're sitting there, man. So Lauren Hill gets on the phone and starts barking. Trump coming over, you son of. Oh, man, she's really, she's pretty tough. 
she comes over and he's like, Hey man, I hear you hanging out with, um, is that that guy's name? John legend. And she's like, she stopped her in her tracks. And I'm going like this. I think it's time for me to leave. <laughs> I, Cause he's like, she's like, so what does that mean? And I'm like, okay, it's definitely time for me to get out of here. So I'm gonna leave it like that, man. <laughs> I'm sitting in the room with 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 Rohan and Lauren Hill, and he's bitching at her because she's become friends with John Legend. John Legend's married too, by the way. Hey, Don, the things you learn on the National Football Show with Big Sales. Bang. Hey, Don. <laughs> There's like nobody we don't know. I had a conversation today. I don't know if I still have it up here. Oh, my God. This will be an even better one for all you guys. I pray to God I didn't. Damn it, I did. I know the leader of the SEAL teams. I'll say it. His name is Duncan Smith. You can, you can, um, you can Google it. And he runs all the SEAL teams. And I said, hey, man, God bless all of our uh, SEALs who are over there now fighting and protecting all the Afghan folks. And he's like, yeah, if we weren't worrying about racists inside the, the military, I was like, hey, I'm just throwing love out to you guys. We would not have this foobob going up here. What's going on in, in Afghanistan? I was like, hey, hey, ho, hey, I just said, I hope you have a lot of the God on your side in this thing. So those, those are my conversations. And, of course, sending my guest list over to my boy, Krause. Yeah, so Duncan goes, yeah, this mother. Oh, man. I got an earful from the guy who leads and the guy who heads the SEAL teams. You worry about critical. What is that thing? Critical race theory. What is that? I go, I, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like. Need to be worrying about strategy. I don't even want to tell you what else he said. By the way, Saul, you know, I'll leave it at this because I can't say too much. Four SEAL teams are there. And I don't think they take prisoners either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think. Okay. I don't think they take. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think they take uh, like prisoners either. Yeah, God bless everybody in that, too. And I think that's one of the most important things that... You know what's really cool? Okay. You know what's really cool is that, you know, we opened up the show with giving our thanks and all of our praise to the men and women who were there handing out candy bars, water, and doing all those things at that airport. And... It just doesn't it make you feel sometimes? Are we helping them enough? Are we backing them enough? I know the American people are. But boy, I'll tell you what, that team in Washington, I don't want to play for. And I'm not talking about the Washington football team. I'm talking about the team in Congress and in the Senate. I don't want to be anywhere near those guys. You're not leaders. You're propaganda artists. The people that are in the field, those great men and women that fight for our freedoms, that's the best team in the world. It's the greatest team on the planet. 
because they fight. They defend. They love our country. You know what? I'll say it one more time to every single one of you who I respect that come here and we get a chance to talk and have fun. Washington divides us. Look at what we're doing. We disagree. We agree. We have fun. Only place you can do that is when we're kind of in a sandbox with sports, right? Because if you start talking Trump or Biden, I'm not looking to do that because you know why? I don't want to divide us. I'm trying to do things here for us to have fun. That's what the Jacob Media Channel does. Yesterday, Krause called me, and I was right on board with him. Seals, what do you think, man? 13 servicemen and women potentially were, were murdered. I don't know if any women were. I just threw the woman in there. You think it's appropriate? And I went, no. I don't. I thought it was perfect for what we did. And as we go into a football weekend, no downer. A lot of pride here. And I so appreciate everybody coming aboard. I apologize. Jason apologizes too also for his uh, connection issues that he had. We'll get him on next week though. Still working on Nick Sirianni and a whole bunch of people. I believe Mark Schlereth is going to join us on Monday. I know Mike Gullick is going to join us on Tuesday of next week as well. Shout out to all our military people and a shout out to all you guys. You guys have really, I think, made the show even better. You know, I was talking about other things before, but we're going to ping pong back and forth. Four to six. That'll be Monday through Friday. Have a great weekend. Krause, Big Joe, thank you. Make sure if you missed any of the show, go over to the Jacob Media channel. Like it, share it, watch it later on. Laugh your ass off. We will catch you on Monday. Have a great weekend. And remember, we'll catch you on the flip side. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.